A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The weather we're experiencing this winter could pose some challenges for Wisconsin's potato crop. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Pests and disease may benefit from the mild temperatures and storage management has to change based on the forecast as well. This is according to Mike Kopis. He's a senior agronomist with the Waisaki family of companies in the central sands part of the state. He tells us how the warm conditions are impacting not just the stored potato crop, but the next crop that goes into the ground. I think from a storage perspective, um, we've struggled a little bit because we want things to be stored at about 40 degrees. And so when you have temperatures above 40, uh, we have to keep the doors closed. And so the potatoes can't get fresh air then. And so that becomes a challenge. Now, we have had cool nights, and so it, it hasn't impacted us as much as if we had a very cold winter. So if when we have a very cold winter, we can't let the really cold air into the storages. And so we have to we have to minimize the amount of time, which means we don't get oxygen into the potatoes. And the potatoes are alive. They're, they're living and breathing, and so they need oxygen just like we do. If it's real cold, we have to shut that off. If it's real warm, we can't allow the piles to, to warm up. And so that causes them to uh, uh, go downhill in terms of uh, the quality and, and some of the diseases it favors when they warm up. So we want to hold them at that 40-degree temperature for fresh market as long as we possibly can because we have to pack potatoes all the way out to the 1st of August. And so they have to be pretty cold even going into the summer months so that we can retain that cold and, and keep them from sprouting and, and keep delivering to the packing sheds in the stores. So For folks who have potatoes maybe stored in their basements or, or something you know, from the grocery store, can you give us a visual comparison of what might be happening to a potato in warm weather as if it was happening like in someone's home? Like What does that look like? In somebody's home, you're obviously at like room temperature. You're probably above 60 degrees. Maybe you have them in the basement where it's a little cooler. Um, but it really comes down to uh, when in the season it, it, it is. And so when they when we harvest the potatoes in the fall, they still have dormancy. They're, they're dormant. They're not going to grow. Um, but then once you get into this time of year, January and February, uh, those potatoes are looking forward to the new season. And so they want to grow. And so they're ready and prepared. And so they need signals. They need warmth. They need light. Some of those kind of things are telling them, hey, it's time to grow. And so when you have those in a home setting, those are the things we're trying to minimize in a storage. We want to keep it dark and cold. And so the, th- the best thing you can do at home is keep them dark and cold, really. And, and uh, you're not going to change the, the path of biology. They're, they're still going to do that. And so maybe as you get further out, uh, it's a little harder to do that. But eventually, yeah, they're, they're going to grow. And so it's just about keeping that at bay as long as you can. So warm weather could be problematic. What about really cold weather? Like when we had that week of you know, below zero temperatures, does that ever become problematic if we see that again? It does become problematic if it's an extended period of time. That was only like seven days that we had of cold weather. And so we were still able to open the doors enough and get fresh air into those piles. What really comes to bear is when we have two, three, four weeks of extended cold weather where we have to 
add heat to the piles to keep them at that 40 degree temperature or we have to get co2 because they're breathing get the co2 out of the systems that means we have the doors open that means cold air is getting in and we can't risk freezing those potatoes and it's even more so for uh outside of fresh market when you get into processed varieties for potato chips whether it be for french fries those we have to store even warmer than 40 so in some cases uh, uh potato chips have to store at 50 or 52 degrees well that presents even more challenges um, and then the other thing is is as you add heat you also have heaters that are adding carbon dioxide to the pile so you're supplementing even more because you're having to warm the pile so there's a number of challenges that come with long extended periods of cold temperatures how advanced is a uh, potato storage facility? You talk about uh, opening and closing doors, but is it more advanced than that? Is it a ventilation system? Oh yeah, there's 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 very advanced in terms of ventilation systems. Uh, typically, we pile potatoes to about f- anywhere between 14 and 18 feet in height, and so there's you have to push air up through. Uh, a lot of our systems have pipes or culverts that have holes in them that we push air through those culverts. Uh, now the new technology has gone to uh, air floors. It's almost like you see in grain bins uh, where you push air through a slotted floor and then the, the air pushes up through the pile. And so that's how we're managing the air within the piles in those new storages. And the other thing is is we used to be all manually driven. If you had to go and, and do something in the potato storage, you had to go and physically do it by hand. Now I do it all from my phone. And, and so and the, the bins themselves... Uh, are loaded with sensors that are telling us the, the metrics of the pile, like what's the pile doing, how it's behaving, uh, so we can track oxygen, CO2, temperature, all those different things are real-time on our phone so that we can respond to them. So the management is is much more involved than it was when we were doing it by hand. We didn't touch on seed potatoes, the potatoes that are going to be used for the crop this spring. What's the status report on this year's crop? Seed potatoes are in good shape this year. We had a, we had an excellent season for seed potatoes. We didn't have a lot of stress. Uh, we didn't have a lot of water stress. Water stress tends to be uh, one of the biggest factors in storability uh, because often Wisconsin gets too much water. Uh, and so actually when Wisconsin gets uh, droughtier seasons where we don't have as much rain, um, we have center pivot irrigation, which allows us to manage the water uh, to the ideal rate of what what those potatoes need and so there wasn't a lot of stress um the temperatures while they've been warm haven't been too warm and so uh that's probably been the biggest challenge is in seed is is keeping those pile temperatures because uh when i talked about fresh market we hold them at at 40 degrees uh seed is is much cooler uh, much cooler being like 37 or 38 degrees uh, so we're approaching freezing, but not quite. Um, but again, far different from where processed potatoes would be at 48 or 50 degrees. Uh, and so that's probably the biggest challenge that the weather has presented is actually on the seed potatoes this year. Mike, how many acres are you overseeing with Wysocki Family of Companies? Um, I'm primarily on the R&D side, so I don't necessarily oversee as many acres. Um, our, our farm uh, averages around 25,000 acres that we have on a given year, uh, and that number moves around a little bit. We grow anywhere between 7,500 and 9,000 acres of potatoes in a given year. 
In my role, I also work with other growers, so we have about 10 to 12 other growers that I help advise for, and we work with their crops as well um, because those growers are feeding. uh, We have a packing shed for fresh potatoes, and so there's about 12 to 15 growers in in an individual year that all bring their potatoes to the fresh pack shed, and then it's our job to, to sell those potatoes into the retail sector. So, Mike, when it comes to research and development, I guess, what are some of the highlights that you're bringing to the table or that you see surfacing for 2024? I think the biggest push is for regen egg uh, or, or sustainability. Egg has come under a lot of scrutiny for the chemicals, for the, for the uh, levels of fertilizer that we use on our crops. And I think we've been successful, but we haven't done a good job of telling our story. And so we've reduced the amount of pesticides we use. We reduce the amount of fertilizers, but we don't validate it or we don't record that. And so over time, we have a very good sustainability story, but we have to do a better job of measuring it and and explaining what we do and why we do it. Um, But there's also some things that, that we're looking at from fertility management and pest management that allow us to continually reduce. And so we're looking at different products, uh, specifically in the biological realms, uh, that, are, that are a lot more new to kind of the, the chemistries and, the, and, the, and the, um, like the registrants that are introducing these chemistries uh, and how they fit into the production system and how we may be able to go back and reduce some of the commercial fertilizers with the use of these products. And that's probably the biggest uh, openings that are happening in the R&D realm right now. Why don't you give me an example? Yeah, so there's, there's biologicals that are out there on the market that actually the bacteria incorporate themselves into the structure of the plant. And so for years we talked about legumes are able to fix atmospheric nitrogen. Uh, they have a relationship with bacteria that allows them to do that. And that's typically been in crops like alfalfa and clover. Um, but now they have products where they can get those bacteria involved with corn and beans and potatoes. And so those, those products are becoming useful in there. And so how much nitrogen we can actually get from the environment uh, that's, that allows us to reduce our commercial fertilizers is, is the focus there. We're seeing the same thing in, in phosphorus and some of the other elements as well, where we're including these, these bacteria and, and biolo- biological products and seeing benefits uh, t- that impact our fertility plans. I do have a question about uh, some of the disease and pest pressure that you did or didn't see last year. Maybe it was weather related and how that's going to impact what you see in 2024 and some of the advice you're giving not only to the Wysocki family of companies, but the other growers that you're working with. What do you expect? Well, last year we didn't have a lot of uh, pest pressure and we didn't have a lot of disease pressure. That's another thing that, that happened with the dry year that we had. Typically, we're spraying fungicides as early as the middle of June. Uh, this last year, uh, it was probably more like the early or, or middle part of July before some of those fungicides went out. And at the end of the year, uh, we also stopped, in some cases, three weeks earlier than we normally would. So we weren't having to manage those diseases. And the same thing goes for the pests. We didn't have a lot of big thunderstorms. And usually when we have weather fronts and thunderstorms that come in, they bring aphids and and different vectors of of diseases up with those thunderstorms. So we didn't have that. And so we didn't have a lot of the pest pressures that we've had in the past. There are pests that are here. uh, And so that's maybe the lead into this year is that the warm winter will undoubtedly bring us more pest pressure this coming year because we haven't had the cold temperatures and 
it's not necessarily the very cold temperatures. It's the dryness of, of cold temperatures. And that's typically what impacts those insect populations. Haven't had that this year. So we're expecting a, a probably pretty bad year when it comes to some of these pests because they're not going to have uh, the losses over the winter they would normally have in a typical Wisconsin winter. Mike Kopis joining us. He's a senior agronomist with the Wysocki family of companies in the Central Sands area of Wisconsin, reminding us that this mild winter may pose some challenges for Wisconsin agriculture, specifically the potato crop. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.